welcome to another edition of the Raven Narratives. My name is Sarah Severson. And I'm Tom Yoder. We are the co-producers of the Raven Narratives, and today we're at our favorite restaurant here in Mancus, Colorado, the Absolute Bakery. I love this place. <laughs> Up next is a story told by Chris Blankenship. He told his story at our spring event when the theme was baggage. Chris is a first-time storyteller, long-time story listener. He currently calls Durango, Colorado home, but you're just as likely to find him wandering through museums, bars, and nature in other corners of the world. Chris spends 63% of his time working with struggling youth and fretting about the Denver Broncos quarterback situation. The final 37% is spent eating tacos. Here's Chris's story. I grew up in Colorado, and after graduating college, I was looking for something new, new people, new places, new things. I found those new nouns when I moved down to New Orleans, Louisiana, and became a teacher. After a couple years of teaching, I was tired of the exhaustion, tired of the dysfunction. I was mostly tired of the humidity. And so I decided that I would come spend the summer between school years hiking the Colorado Trail. And I figured if I'm hiking all that way, I might as well do something with it. And so I made a little website and decided to raise some money for sports equipment at the school that I worked at. So a couple of months after that, making that decision, here I was on the trail, about 200 miles and say like $1,000 with the sports equipment into the hike. And I was in this particularly lonely section of the trail. I hadn't seen anyone for about a day and a half, but I had this feeling the whole time, like, like there was someone following me, like someone watching me. And after about a day and a half of that feeling, it's like, okay. Took my lunch, went about 100 yards off the trail. I was like, I'm just gonna watch and see if someone goes by. So I'm eating my chocolate-covered almonds and sitting there, and I start to get really paranoid. And I start to think about the mountain folks that I knew growing up who would be none too about me raising money for poor black youth in the South. I started to think about this really lovely website I have that tells anyone who's reading it exactly where I'm sleeping every night. <laughs> I'm sitting here as those thoughts run through my head and I watch for an hour, no one. A Couple more chocolate almonds, another hour, nada. So, okay, back on the trail. It's kind of a unique night for me on the trail. I'm actually taking a little side tour up into a random little valley, and I'm gonna hike up this mountain that I've been hoping to climb for a while. So I leave the trail, go up, and I find this beautiful little stand of aspen trees, there's like a little brook, and I set up my tent, make my dinner, read a book, go to sleep. Next morning I wake up and I am pumped up because A, it's a new day, I'm going up a mountain. B, I don't have to carry this massive bag with me all day because I'm gonna go up the mountain, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna spend the next night in that exact same spot. So tent stays, sleeping bag stays, all of it can just stay. So I'm about to leave when paranoia hits me again and I think, you know, what if someone comes and messes with all my things? Well, I can't stop that, but what I can do is I can set it up so I'll know if someone does mess with my things, right? And so I take all my stuff and I kind of arrange it inside my sleeping bag so it looks like someone's sleeping in there, like that old trick, like that's gonna scare away the burglar. Um, I, take, I take the inside zipper of my tent and I zip it all the way down to the end and then I unzip it exactly eight fingers. 
And then I take my rain fly zipper and I zip it all the way down to the end and then I unzip it exactly eight fingers. So I leave to go up this mountain confident that I will know, you know, if the axe murderer comes into my tent. Um, beautiful hike up the mountain. There's wildflowers, there's like waterfalls coming down. I share the summit with this little family of mountain goats. It's just idyllic all around. Come back down, approach my tent. It's early evening time. I got some trepidation, kind of walking carefully up to it. All looks good. It's going to be okay. Um, go up to my rain fly and measure it again, and eight fingers. Inside zipper, it's eight fingers. Cool. Great. Whew. Lovely. Make myself dinner, read my book, go to sleep. Next morning I wake up and you thought I was excited the morning before. This morning is 10 times better because at the end of the day, I'm going to get to a road. I'm going to hitchhike into a town. I'm going to shower. I'm going to sleep in a bed. I'm going to eat the biggest burrito in the history of putting food in tortillas. <laughs> I am really excited, right? And so it's with that, that excitement that I'm whistling, I'm packing up my stuff, I take my sleeping bag and I shove it down in my backpack and I pick up my sleeping pad and I'm rolling up my sleeping pad and I stop. I look. There, inside of my tent, underneath where my sleeping pad was, right where I'd laid my head all night long, there's a knife. Someone else's knife, not my knife. I spin around, looking again, I don't see anyone, but again, I feel someone. I go into just straight up flight mode. I pack my stuff so fast that I, half of it's still probably up there. My shoes are tied so tight that I've cut off circulation. I am running <laughs> down the trail. I'm jumping over rocks. I'm zigzagging between trees. I'm falling and probably picking up momentum. I'm going so fast. I get down to the road. I jump out in front of the very first car that I see. Please give me a ride. They give me a ride into the very first motel I see. Get inside, get a room, up to my room, close the door, lock the door. It's about three months later, and I'm back down in New Orleans, and cleaning up my classroom at the end of the day, and I see this group of young men. They're leaving the yard at the end of the school day. And I typically see these boys a couple hours later on street corners with their older brothers and cousins, and I know that they're on the verge of stopping coming to school and hanging out on the corners and doing what the kids on the corners do. And instead, I see the leader of this group pick up a brand new basketball, they divide into teams and start playing hoops on some brand new basketball hoops, ones that were purchased from donations from my hike. And as I watch them, I start to think back to that hotel room where the next morning I woke up terrified. And what I did was I packed my bag, I took that knife whose origins I still don't know, and put it in my pocket. And for the next 300 miles of the trail, I walked with that fear in my pocket. And it was at that moment that I realized, and it really hit me, that for me to make even the tiniest little bit of difference in the world, I'm going to have to be really comfortable with fear. I'm going to have to be able to take that weight put it in my pocket, and add it to my already very heavy baggage. Thanks, y'all.
To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to share this story with your friends. Or if there's something that you really loved about a Raven Narrative story, leave a comment too. If you want to pitch your story for a future Raven Narrative storytelling event, go to ravennarratives.org and fill out the form on the contact page. You can also see a gallery of our storytellers and find out what the themes will be for future events. The Raven Narratives is a production of KSJD Community Radio in Cortez, Colorado. Find out more at ksjd.org. A special thanks goes to our Wizard of Sound Engineering, Mike McAllister, for his technical expertise in recording and mixing the stories told at the Sunflower Theater in Cortez, Colorado. Support for the Raven Narratives comes from Red Scarf Shots Photography Studio in Durango, Colorado. Find out more at redscarfshots.com. Now for an outtake. <laughs> How powerful that is to be able to... Yeah. You still have the knife now? Yeah, you still no, have it? Actually, it got taken from me on a train really? in Hungary. Oh. Really? How weird. Right. Like going across Comes the border into Hungary. I was like, I was so angry. That oh, the from border me. patrol ticket? Uh-huh. Yeah. I was oh, like, wow. I'm on a train. Like, like what? what do you mean? Like, yeah. Huh.